Welcome to Campin' Cast. I'm Tanthi. I'm Erin. This is our 7-7 podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 10, Episode 2. The title is Home Run. This is the second part of the season opener. <laughs> I don't know why it's called Home Run. Neither do I. Uh, the IMDb user synopsis is, After a scary arrest, which could have gone fatally wrong... Kevin decides to leave the police before someone gets hurt as he can no longer concentrate on anything but his young family. Ruthie brings over Meredith and her presumed boyfriend, Jack, who proves a natural with babies and a nice senior, too old, so End is on to her plan. Meredith actually is more interested in the other good boy, Tyler, who agrees with a demure (laughs) kiss to date. The colonel arrives, winking to Martin about his Iraq veteran dad's gardening job, and to Eric's surprise, already knows about Charlie, even got and believes Mary's version that Carlos cheated on her. But Carlos explains she just caught him dining with Cecily, the nanny he had to hire because Mary was never home. Simon first scolds, then consoles his ex Sandy for having seduced and made a baby with Martin. Eric spoils the twins' fun playing cowboys with Granddad because he bans all gun toys and is told to bother about real problems. Lou Dalton tells Eric most parishioners want Lucy fired as his associate pastor. What was your first impression of this episode? Who is Tyler? I think we know that I know. Tyler Hecklin. Who plays Martin. Um, my first impression of this episode is that... It didn't really feel like a second part to a two-part episode. Because I feel like a lot of the storylines that were brought up in the first episode weren't exactly resolved in the second episode. Some of them were, but I feel like most of them weren't. I feel like we've actually just gotten new dilemmas that have popped up. Um, which I guess is a good way to start a final season. Um, I forgot to mention this. In, we, or we forgot to mention a couple of things from the last episode in this one. Uh, but we'll mention it here. But... Um, just a heads up that Aaron gave me last time. This is supposed to be the last season, so there may be some callbacks to previous seasons and just like Seventh Heaven like staples. Um, for example, one of them was like Simon being like, "Oh, remember when the only thing I wanted in life was a dog?" Callback to the first ever episode of Seventh Heaven. Um, but I'm interested to see if they're going to do more of that. And yeah, I mean, I really hate Rose. I didn't think I was going to dislike a character as much as I disliked Lucy. But I hate her. This is the worst. And also, um, the colonel makes a joke about how her name is very fitting. Because she is pretty, but it's thorns. Thorns? Thorns. 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 Is that her last name? Rose Thorns? No. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe her last name is Thorn. It's Rose Thorn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, now it is, so <laughs> that's degree. Well, now we need to find out what the, the character's last name really Maybe the was. The character wasn't given a last name. Well, I hope so, because then it's just going to be Rose Thorne well, by decree of Camden cast. As Aaron finds this out, I'm just going to give you a quick, quick recap of the cold open, which is um, Kevin out on a police mission, as Aaron coined it in the last episode. And uh, he is not paying attention, and a child with a gun shoots at him and his partner, and he almost shoots a child. And it's Okay, a- they gave Sandy a last name, but they didn't give Rose a last name. So she's Rose Thorne. <laughs> That's what she is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Great. 
very excited about this development. Um, that's, do you have anything else to say about the cold open? I just said what it was. No, you just said it. (laughs) All right. So, um, look out for how that storyline ends up. Um, when we talk about it. He's dead. So, yeah. Um, so I guess we'll get back to the drama of the love quadrangle. Yeah. Quadrangle. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how many people are actually in it. It might be a pentagon. Triangles are out. Quadrangles. It might be a pentagon. Um, Oh, it might be a pentagon. You're right. Yeah. So, or a septagon. I guess Simon is also. Actually, it's all of them. It's all of them. It's an octagon. No. That's too many. Not enough people for it. What's seven? Sexagon. Septagon. No, (laughs) the six would be the, yeah, septagon. I think. Isn't a six a hexagon? No, that's a ten. About geometry. Well, wait. How many people is it? It's Sandy, Rose. Wait, oh, Sandy, Martin, Rose, Simon, Simon Ruthie, Jack, and Meredith. Meredith. So it's seven people. So it's a septagon. I want to say it's a septagon. Yeah. Seven-sided shape is what I'm googling. Heptagon. What? A heptagon. That makes no sense. Oh wait, it's it's oh sometimes incorrectly referred to as a septagon. <laughs> oh, so you're just wrong. Fair. Well, I thought the well, same thing. Well, that's the prefix for seven, seven. So, does that mean the hexagon is six? Uh, let's see. I'm sure this is fascinating for the viewers. For, at, for the viewers at home, you're right. Yes, a hexagon is six. Oh. So, how did we? Who decided these? I don't know. It's well, American. The American system is just wrong. Well, actually, no. Hexagon is universal, isn't it? I would say that geometry shapes are generally universal, but I don't know. So what's a... Oh, a trapezoid is just, like, the general cool. name for... No, a trapezoid shape. is a specific kind of quadrangle, <laughs> which is a four-sided shape. Oh. Tra- like, trapezoid is, is not a parallelogram, but, like, similar to a parallelogram, in that two of the sides are parallel. In this love circle... <laughs> Which with seven points. Uh, okay. Anyway, right. so okay. J- so Jack is a. Even though when they were at church in the last episode, Jack was like, "Oh, Meredith and I don't go out on school nights." They did go out on this particular school night because they went to the Cam Casa to play cards with Ruthie and presumably Martin. But Martin is still busy out on his walk or whatever with Sandy. So um, Jack is like. Speak, he's playing cards with Meredith and Ruthie, and he's like, okay, deal another hand or whatever, and this time, we'll play for me. And he's like, come on, I'm a National Merit Scholar. I know what's going on. Uh, like, Meredith is obviously interested in Martin, and Ruthie, you're trying to get with me. So I, f- I figured everything out uh, because he's really smart or something. Um, this is when- so then, I don't know, Lucy walks in with a baby... And apparently Jack is also one of seven because he's like, let me hold the baby. I have seven siblings too, or six siblings. And apparently he's like a baby whisperer or something. Well, I don't, so then like, he, well, he I, so uh, uh, Ruthie, then we see her come upstairs, like Martin and is still out with Sandy or whatever, or there might be a little scene here where he comes back from being out with Sandy. That's after this. Yeah, okay. Uh, so then we see, like, Ruthie, Lucy is 
gone upstairs after leaving her baby with the stranger in the kitchen. And then Ruthie comes up with the baby and she's like, here, take your baby. And she, Oh, because she overhears Lucy talking to the Rev about whether or not Ruthie should be allowed to date Jack because, as they keep saying, he's a senior and he looks much older and he's older than her and they don't know that she should be dating someone older than her. Lucy doesn't really have any, t- like, any, like, any leg to stand on because she, uh, Kevin is much older than her. Not much, but, like... Yeah. There's a significant age difference. Like, I feel like it's more than five... Isn't it, like, five years or something, at least? I think it's five, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I know that, like, five years in your 20s is different than five years in your teens. But also, there's not a five-year age difference between Ruthie and Jack. But, yes. Um, Ruthie gets pissed off at Lucy for involving herself in Ruthie's personal life. And is like, I'm not talking to you anymore. Um, at this point, Jack, like, leaves... Uh, and we don't have any like, and because you know the rev's kind of still iffy on Jack and whether Jack and Ruthie should be together. Um, and Meredith is also leaving, but this is when Sandy and Martin come back home. Um, there's an awkward introduction between Sandy and Meredith, and then Meredith and Martin have a moment. Basically, Meredith like, I think. Jack- well, she she's like she tells us that apparently. Her and Jack are officially over and that they're just friends. And she's like, oh, maybe you want to go out with me or something. And Martin's like, yes, I do, but I don't know that I can. And she's like, oh, if you're not interested or whatever. And he's like, no, I am interested. but And he doesn't obviously want to tell her that Sandy is pregnant. So then he's like, no, it's okay. I am going to call you. We will go out. And then he gives her a kiss on the cheek, which apparently she is very, very taken with. Yeah, she looks up the sky. It's very cute. It's very, like, uh, puppy love kind of thing. Um, and that's really it for the night before. Uh, we do have a... I, no, this is actually t- to do with Sandy, so we won't talk about that. Uh, the next day at school, Ruthie watches as all of the girls in the high school have now found out that Jack is single, and they're, like, kind of all over him. And Ruthie's like, I wish that my life was like those girls' lives where I could just date someone without having my parents be involved. And she tries to get Martin to help her get her dad to agree to date Jack, but Martin has other things on his mind. This is when Meredith comes into the picture and Meredith and Ruthie kind of have like this girl talk about, oh, like what's going on with Martin? Something's up with him. And Ruthie thinks that even though Meredith got a kiss on the cheek, that she should have gotten a kiss on the lips, and maybe he's hiding something from her. So now Meredith is paranoid, or at least worried that something is happening with Martin. Um, And this kind of basically ends with Jack telling Ruthie that he just wants to be friends and he doesn't think they should be dating, and that... um, Ruthie should go after someone or be with someone who her parents would rather have her with. And as the show is prone to do, the very next person that shows up for Ruthie is Martin. Right. And I think that's that's like that's it for their storyline. So we're kind of in this Ruthie's not with Ruthie's anyone. anyone and Oh, and she has a great and she's like really pissed off at her family. It's very angsty. It's very good. The last thing we see of Ruthie is she comes home from school and she's mad that she didn't get her way with Jack or, I don't know, Martin, if she, like, or Vincent, whoever she's pining after. 
So she comes home and she's like, everyone just needs to leave me alone. And I don't want advice from anyone ever. All she wants is a bed, a roof over her head, some food, a, a shower if there's hot water ever. And otherwise, nobody talk to her ever again. Right. Um, so at the end of the storyline, basically, we don't, no, nothing's really moving forward for Meredith and Martin. And it looks like Ruthie and Jack are done. So maybe Ruthie will find someone else. Or maybe she won't. We will see. Uh, but the next kind of adjacent storyline to this is Sandy, Simon, and Rose. Um, so Sandy, now that she's pregnant, is trying to get some advice from Lucy, who has a baby. Um, Such as, oh, did you finish? She was like, oh, you had your baby and then you finished college? And Lucy is like, no, I actually graduated a few weeks before uh, I had the baby, but whatever. A special stupid graduation in the backyard, yeah. which happens for no one. Yes, that was all very foolish. Um, and really, Lucy didn't graduate because they had that fake-ass graduation ceremony in the backyard. Um, so then, like, Ruthie is like, oh, why do you ask? Why are you interested in this? Um, and everyone, and then, like, uh, Rose, like, jabs Simon and is like, don't let her blow up our spot. <laughs> Um, oh, speaking of Rose, at the beginning of this episode, um, Rose and Happy have some interactions in which Happy very much dislikes Rose, and I think that's a general, like, testament to how everybody hates her, and I don't know, like, did Seventh Heaven, I know that you hate that I talk about this all the time, or not hate, but you're like, Seventh Heaven doesn't think about anything, but, like, did they go, like, did they go out of their way to make this character completely unlikable? Yes, I think they did. I don't know why, though. Yeah, why not just give Simon a human? Why Why this? I don't know. Um, so Rose really wants to stay because she wants to meet the Colonel and Ruth. And this is when the Colonel and Ruth actually do show up. Um, and so uh, she gets introduced to them, and she's like, I'm way more savvy than Lucy's ex-boyfriend, so I'll be able to handle them. But, like, there's not really time for them to have much interaction other than Rose to say that she's very excited about joining the Camden family. Um, and then eventually everybody leaves to go back to whatever school they go to. Do we have a name of the school that Simon goes to? No. <laughs> college and they're like it's up there we have to drive up to school but sometimes they drive down to school who knows so um late like in the next day at school we have simon and sandy talking and simon's kind of really upset on martin's behalf and just also about the entire situation and he kind of lectures sandy about how she wasn't careful and how she's the older one so she should have been the one like looking after it all and maybe she wanted to get pregnant and Sandy's crying, and Simon's comforting her, and then Rose sees this, and she's like, mm, upset. And this all leads to Rose saying that she wants to get married in Thanksgiving. And she does this thing. Oh, this is the thing that really made me, like, irritated. She says something, like, and she makes it seem like that's the end of the conversation. And then she starts walking away. And then Simon has to run after her have another conversation, she then ends it again and then walks away. It's like, that's not how you have conversations with people. When you're talking to someone, you're talking to someone, and then when the conversation ends, then you walk away. But she kept on just, like, doing this for a dramatic effect, and this is not what happens in real life. <clears throat> right. 
But yeah, the point is she wants her wedding to come faster, and it's because Simon introduced Sandy and Martin, and Sandy's pregnant. And for some reason, Rose is obsessed with getting married before Sandy does. There's some stuff that I think we like glossed over in Lucy and Kevin's storyline before, so I'll just say it quickly now. Um, I forget what it was. It the was babies. They wanted the oh babies. yeah. Kevin is like pressuring Lucy to have another baby and she's like taking it the wrong way or something. And she's like, I, that's all I'm good for. Oh, well I'll get to that, uh, with the whole church drama. But, uh, so Ke- like Kevin goes back to the police station after he gets shot at or whatever by this child and Captain Michaels is like, you are really distracted and this wouldn't have happened if you weren't distracted, how did the kid get behind you, etc., etc. And then Kevin is like, you know what, you're right. I need to quit my job because all I can think about is my family and I need to be with them. And Captain Michaels is like, no, this is not what I meant. He was like, I think you like should probably take like a brief vacation or something, but I didn't say you should quit. And Kevin's like, no, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit uh, because I'm going to be a full-time stay-at-home dad. Um, he does not... Because he has the money to do so. Yeah, he's got that mystery cash. Um, we don't know... Uh, wait, he, he, so he doesn't tell Lucy that he's quit his job, uh, but we just see him, like, around the house, and he's like, I'm gonna take... Well, like, Lucy has to go visit some people at the hospital from the church, and he's like, I'm going to take Savannah to the playground. And Lucy is like, uh, don't you usually work on Mondays? And he's like, not today. So he's just being... And then Lucy's like, I can't go to work. I want to stay here and take care of the baby too. And Yeah, they have this weird argument. Not argument, but kind of it, it kind of tells you how much like Lucy really doesn't know about her, like, her daughter. Because, like, um, what's his name? I, what? I can't forget. Kevin... Kevin uh, is, like, talking about how they go on the slides and how often he gives her baths and stuff. Lucy's like, she's too young for all of this. And Kevin's like, but I'm over 30, so I can do this. Um, and, yeah, like, they they have another argument, which leads to more sex. Yeah. And then Grandma Ruth comes in. Uh, so, yeah, Grandma Ruth is, like, was going to go to the playground with Kevin and Savannah. But then she's like, oh... The colonel and I are actually going to drive up the coast to a place where on the water where we always used to, I don't know, stay, Que Romantico. And it's a motel. Yeah, but it's on the water. It's very romantic. Uh, so I don't really know what, what the point of that was. They, she comes in she, because... What does she say? She said, I think something is revealed here. It's not revealed. It's more like a pep talk. Basically, she's telling Lucy that you're never going to find a balance between being a mother, a wife, and um, a like career woman. That like people are too obsessed with finding this finding this balance, and instead you should just like live your life and be happy that you have these choices to make. Because we didn't have these choices to make when I was when I had the reverend or whatever. Um, so like you'll never figure it out, but that's the point. Just be a good you. It's basically the, like, the gist of it. And Lucy kind of uses this to like propel her into being like, okay, fine, you quit. I'm going to do 
the work stuff, like, I'll be the working mother and you'll be the stay-at-home dad. And this is when she goes and marches to talk to the reverend about this. But, lo and behold, everyone hates her. Yeah. Uh, they don't really dive too deep into this, but I would like to know more about yeah. what else people are saying about her other than the fact that she gave that one really bad sermon. Yeah. Because we know that she, like, even before she was, like, associate pastor, she was doing, like, sex for young children or whatever that class was called. It was for teen girls or something. Yeah. So maybe people were dissatisfied with how that was going or running. Basically, Lou came, comes over and tells the Rev that she's out. And then the Rev needs to tell Lucy that. And then Lucy and Rev have a talk about, like, what are they going to do next? And instead of talking about what ifs in the pessimistic way, why don't we talk about what ifs in the optimistic way? Like, what if people start to like you? And <laughs> what if Kevin really likes staying at home? Yeah. Um, so it's like an optimistic ending for them, but it's really not an optimistic ending for anybody else. So. Because the last storyline reveals that Mary isn't the worst, as everybody seems to make her out to be. Anyway, um, that's like really how that ends off on this episode. So the last thing we have is kind of stupid. I mean, I thought it was, I'm sick of this. I want it to go away because I do not like, it's like a Mary, again, a Mary storyline without Mary existing Mm -hmm. and justice for Jessica Biel. Um, I'm saying that. Justice for Jessica Biel. Stop slandering her after she's not around to defend herself. But anyway, we get some hope because as you said, well, no, we didn't actually talk. Well, the Colonel and Ruth arrive. There's this stupid scene where they meet Rose and Simon and Rose keeps wanting to hang out at the house to tell the Colonel and Ruth that her and Simon are imminently going to get engaged and everybody else doesn't want them to know. But then they leave and they find like the magazine of rings. rings. They're like, who's getting engaged? So, uh, whatever, skip ahead to the colonel's, like, the colonel and the rev go in the kitchen to talk, and Annie and Ruth are in the living room talking, and it is revealed in both of those conversations that the colonel and Ruth have spoken to Mary, and they know about the divorce, because Mary has reported to them that Carlos cheated on her, and that's why they ended things. So, uh, and the the colonel is like, I'm going to murder Carlos. And then Annie and the Rev both run up because Carlos is in the Camden's house Mm -hmm. upstairs sleeping. They run upstairs to confront Carlos. And Carlos is like, it wasn't like that. It was just the nanny. And I was like, likely story. So Uh, there wasn't any actual physical cheating, but there might've been emotional cheating from the sounds of it. Apparently the nanny was helping Cecily. 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 Um, was helping... Uh, Carlos with, with Charlie while Mary was away and Mary kind of walked in on them having dinner together and assumed the worst and this is kind of what Mary's side of the story is which is I said it was refreshing because I feel like they've been painting Mary as like this villain but like at least this gives her you know she's not the only one in the quote unquote wrong here and we actually learned some great things in this scene in which Mary is just talked about and not actually there. Like, Mary goes to Puerto Rico all the time. Apparently. And Carlos is like, I am hopeful that if I stay close with your family, 
that one day Mary and I will get back together because she's still being active in Charlie's life and maybe there's hope for us one day. But isn't that about it? Yeah, but I mean, like, it's very much it's different than the dialogue that they and the narrative they were using last season where, like, Mary's abandoning her family. She doesn't care about her son anymore. It's like, well, no, she's not. Maybe she just wasn't ready to be married, but she can still be a mother. Yes. Um, additionally, there's this really stupid side thing with the colonel and the rev where the colonel buys the twins, like, these little... Uh, like wooden guns so that they can play like cowboys or something and the rev freaks out and he's like where did they get those toys and the colonel's like I bought them because they didn't have any gun toys and the rev is like there's a reason for that and he's like we're getting rid of those as soon as like right away and my children will not play with guns and then the colonel is like you and Julie used to play with guns all the time and the rev is like I will not hear of this you cannot tell me that I used to play with guns and then that's kind of how that ends. Well, basically, um, the colonel is like, you are worried about things that you shouldn't be worried about. Because here you are concerned that playing with gun, like being, playing with gun toys is going to ruin the twins. But you're not paying attention to the actual problems your children have. And then he goes about and lists all the problems that the children ha- actually have. Like, Simon's really insecure. Lucy, like, doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Um, Mary had a cheating husband. Ruthie is too mature for her age, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, it's a very disjointed episode. Um, who knows what this means for season 10. It was very exciting though. Not exciting. It was nice. It wasn't nice. It was, it was good. <laughs> it was nice. I had a good time. I, I, 10 out of 10. Would do it again. No, I meant that they got the Colonel and the Ruth to come back. Yeah. Like, I, if they're really, truly ending the show, or they think they're ending the show, it is good to have the characters that kind of started out and the people that were very strong, like, big, like, strong presences in the past to come back and at least have a last stint here and kind of make an impact because they made like Ruth made an impact in Lucy's life and the Colonel is making an impact in both Mary's life off screen, but also with the Rev. Um, There's very little Annie in this episode. Also, we really haven't been, and we're not going to, so don't expect it. We're not talking about the twins at all. Ever. Like, they've had things happening to them. Or Have they? Them. I mean, they just annoy everyone. We Like, we didn't even talk about, like, last season when the twins thought that Andy was kicking everybody out of the house. Yeah, whatever. But, like, but we're just saying for the future, if there are things happening this season with the twins, it ain't being discussed on this podcast. Go elsewhere for yeah. it. <laughs> but come back for and us. And never come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can come back. Yeah. Uh, what would you rate this episode? Uh, I enjoyed... The hexagon? Is that what we decided it was? No, it was... Hexagon a, six, right? It was a heptagon. Heptagon. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a... A 3.5. Um, I will give it a 3. Um, there were a lot of random logistical issues. Like, how did Carlos and Charlie never see anybody else? I don't know. And also... Just everything. Oh, God, I hate that they live next door to each other. Um, 
Check us out on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, we post new episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, on Stitcher, and on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast. At CamdenCast Show is our Twitter and Instagram handle. We are at Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Uh, you can reach us if you want to talk to us at uh, CamdenCast at gmail.com. Check in our email all the time, guys. And we'll answer you on the podcast. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Oh,